Kevin Smith gets animated. Marmaduke does the opposite, and we get our ass to Mars this week on 30 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the Laser Time Network's weekly trip back in time, 30, 20, and 10 years ago, celebrating the anniversaries of our, fa- our favorite movies, TVs, video games, music, and more. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, who is with me. I'm Diana Goodman, and I'm going to start the reactor. <laughs> open your mind. <laughs> and who else is with us? It's me, Sarah. Sad with only two boobs. <laughs> Sweet. You, I got both of those references because it's one of my favorite movies ever. We'll get to Hell that. yes. I've been one. looking forward to talking about this for a while. I know, Diana. Yeah, we have some great stuff to talk about in this episode. This really, really great. Is. And it's, it's weird because so much of it, like the mainstream Hollywood stuff, a lot of it's just eh. And then everything else around it is like, holy shit. Yeah. Sounds like someone didn't like Big Mama's house, but. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> I know. I'm spoiling, I'm spoiling what happened. Uh, 20 years ago, but yeah, I gotta say, this show is was brought to you in part by listeners just like you, and I've been watching a lot of PBS. Thank you so much to uh, people like Justin Allen and many other fine patrons at patreon.com slash lasertime, uh, who t- contribute $5 or more. It really helps us out, uh, helps us keep things going, and give you new shows, like a new 302010 game edition coming out very soon. You should listen to the, the previous one if you haven't already, because somehow... What happens in the final minutes of that show, and we just get punch drunk and quarantine rambly, people really appreciate it. And uh, sick new episode of Stick of, Sick of Star Wars as we approach episode four. You know, the fourth episode of Star Wars. Does that still confuse people when you hear that? Uh, <laughs> you know which one I'm talking about. Anyway, back to uh, 302010. We will, we will be covering the week of May 29th through the 4th of 1990, 2020, so get ready to see what happened 30, 20, 10 years ago. But as always, we got to start with 1990, uh, February 29th through June 4th. And uh, a little bit of news. On, uh, yes, we, we teased it last week, didn't we? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Madonna gets arrested for being bare-breasted. Uh, yeah, I should have been writing well, headlines. Uh, <laughs> or is that, that not what happened? They, they threatened to arrest her in mm. Toronto because of uh, the Like a Virgin performance in her Blonde Ambition tour. So yeah, we're, we're full cone bra uh Jean-Paul Gaultier outfitted Madonna here mm. and they say that it's she's simulating masturbation and then people are like dude what and they're like oh no we never threatened to arrest her but there's a camera crew there because she's shooting truth or dare the documentary wow and so yeah oh so they were they full were of shit totally, yeah they were full of shit they were going to arrest her I was going to say wow. like uh if Madonna were to simulate masturbation on stage like she wouldn't need wouldn't she need to be in a big screen for anybody to even see that was That's she, a good point. <laughs> well, she's on a bed, and she's there's writhing and the lights. And I guess I mean I, every it's stupid every music video that was out on that era, and a lady was singing. They were rolling around in something. Even fucking <laughs> Total Eclipse of the Heart has some of that shit in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, more in my wheelhouse on the thirtieth. Uh, <laughs> 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 Say it, Chris. The, just <laughs> down because hey i saw this go viral like a couple months ago and every comic strip has a date on it and i double check it i put it in the spreadsheet and i've just been sitting here waiting waiting for almost a year to talk about this anniversary 
Uh, I don't know how Chris? we we didn't pick up on this, but in Laser Time that you'll hear with Diana and I, even Dan mentioned some G-rated jokes that went over not just kids' heads, but like censors' heads. And somehow the now infamous Garfield strip that implies John Drink dog semen premieres on the 30th of 1990 May. I'm sorry I said that so Britishly. Um, this is ridiculous. How does this exist? I always... I had to check on this, too, and, like, this isn't real. There's no way Jim Davis actually did this. And, uh, yeah. Right. And he has he he has some, like, explanation now of, like, oh, no, he, it's, okay, they're at the vet, and John drinks something sitting out on the counter, and then. <laughs> As you the do vet, at a vet, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then the vet, oh. the vet says, like, oh, now you're going to have puppies. And it's like, well, maybe it was, like, a fertility drug for dogs because they have those for other animals. Yeah, that's everyone's first thought. Uh, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I thought everyone would assume it's a fertility drug. I thought everybody would have assumed it was, like, an Ovaltine for pets. Why Why are you making this connection? This is in your head, you filth mongers. This is ridiculous. <laughs> it, it, it's so Sounds silly. Sounds like a terrible vet. It, it's mm, so silly because you, you can still get this anywhere. And I was just thinking, because I think I saw Jackass 2 was on Hulu and it's the it's the rated version and in that movie they jerk off a horse into a cup but the moment Chris Pontius brings it to its his lips to drink it they have to censor it because in a movie theater you could not show what Jim Davis put in this newspaper comic <laughs> <laughs> in an R-rated movie theater you could have had to blur out what what John Arbuckle did to Odie's fucking cock cheese sorry for being gross <sighs> Uh, <laughs> so stupid how did you make that worse oh i'm sorry <laughs> yeah. i've been uh you follow me on I, any of the, the social meds i've been using nut butter all week and that's there's just a lot of questions mm -hmm. like i've taken my dog to the vet a lot <laughs> and at no point have they had to have some sort of sample of 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 dog semen I, no. So that's my other question. Yeah, and and I, I have I have many that's more. A lot of questions that will probably get us like moved into the more explicit area of app podcast stores if I happen to say it. But I don't know how you can gather that much. Or the animal hum no. husbandry <laughs> part of iTunes. <laughs> that's Maybe that's where we'll go. That's true. Uh, oh my god! And if that weren't enough hot hot heat for <laughs> <laughs> the podcast, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer has voted people's most. Voted, anointed, uh, people's most beautiful person. I don't remember getting a ballot. Let's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how this. Why do you have number one in here? Don't make me elaborate on this. I don't know what this means. Well, yeah, this, they have like their most beautiful people issue. And then they have that someone is number one. So you're saying think, when, when they, they finally, all ranked? I don't know. When they finally go full web, the headline will be people's most beautiful people ranked. And yeah. <laughs> I didn't know they ranked them. I thought it was just one person. But then I remember I flipped through one time and you, you see like, uh, oh, Sophia Loren is mentioned great and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Oh, Jonathan Lipnicki. That shouldn't be a controversial opinion. <laughs> anyway, uh, 1990 movies, Frankenhooker. Why didn't we all <laughs> watch this together? Do you ever a movie is so sometimes a movie is so well titled like yeah. you can deliver on this I know this filmmakers Patty Mullen mm -hmm. and James Lawrence you can do this Frankenhooker so yep. it's uh, a woman I assume mm -hmm. built out of many other parts of women to build the perfect woman right you're, you're, ballpark uh, guys fiance dies it really is a vague retelling of Frankenstein but the uh, guys uh, fiance dies. 
in a horrible lawnmower accident. And then he rebuilds her with pieces from sex workers, which now becomes her dominant personality. And she starts going out trying to get dates. So does he murder other sex workers? He murders other sex workers. And then she starts murdering the Johns because why not? I guess. So yeah, she starts she starts working the corner and picking up guys and then they, they all die when they have sex with her. Well What a fun concept. Does the director pull a Jim Davis and like uh, why would anybody assume this is about necrophilia? Why would your mind automatically go there? Yeah. Uh, well, it's the dude who made basket case. Uh, so Yeah, I mean it's he does horror comedies. Frank Frank Henenlotter, which sounds a lot <laughs> like Frankenhooker. Um <laughs> And you know, yeah, it's it's a horror <laughs> comedy uh, made in just absolutely zero taste whatsoever, mm, and yeah. it's kind of grotesque. There's, I mean, dudes like explode. Like I said, lawnmower accident, man. Okay, but, but it's done in good humor. That cannot be said of our next movie, which oh. I love that we have a theme going already uh, I... between Frankenhooker and Ghosts Can't Do It. <laughs> It's about your beloved dying and then you wanting oh, to no. bring them back somehow. Oh, no. This is the movie with that clip. Ugh. Ghost Can't Do It. Uh, starring yeah. Bo starring? Derek, Anthony Quinn, and President Donald J. Trump. Currently still on Twitter despite yelling about being flagged for spreading misinformation. <laughs> yeah. This uh, is his film debut. Uh, which I love that I went early today. I actually went on IMDb to look up like, wait, is this the first movie he appeared in? And it, it, when you put in IMDb Donald Trump, it comes up with Donald Trump, actor, comma, ghost can't do it. Yeah. It's, it's the first thing where he, I think he didn't play himself. No, he plays himself. Oh, he is playing himself. Yes. Is, oh, yes. Is he seducing Bo Derek? Yes. Ugh, I ew. saw this clip. Ew, it's, ew. It's, yeah, it's... All of this, the more oh. you talk about this, the worse it sounds. Oh, it gets so much worse. So, so much worse. <laughs> and look, let me just say, because we're going to talk about some other stuff during this podcast. This is a pretty gross week in pop culture, looking at <laughs> a lot of the stuff that we've had to watch in every decade. Yeah. yeah. This is probably gross. Yeah. This is, this is a rated R week. But yeah. um, and I, I so spit my semen all over my newspaper when I read that Garfield comic. It, all right. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> god damn it i'm sorry that makes me laugh so much sorry so anyway so uh ghosts can't do it which i love to say it like that is another one of these bo derrick vehicles directed by your husband john derrick and they have a creepy relationship and it grosses me out Mm. because it's i feel like it's a little bit replicated in this movie where bo derrick plays the much 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 younger wife of anthony quinn who she refers to as great one not his name He has a heart attack and is now impotent, so he kills himself. And then he comes yeah, back as then he comes back as a ghost, which is represented by him standing on a stage with a curtain billowing behind him, like he's in a Roxette video, <laughs> and instructs her to go find some other dude whose body he can inhabit. Oh no. And oh, no. then she goes on an adventure of trying to seduce guys and Talking to her dead husband's ghosts and trying to fuck Donald Trump. Oh, God. Oh, oh It's God. all so, so bad. <laughs> it's like why the Razzies exist. Like, this is the shit that they need to pick on. Like, don't pick on Adam Sandler. It's too fucking easy. Yeah. This pick is on this. It should not exist. Yeah. This has no reason to exist. 
I gotta hear this. This is, is this a oh. trailer? Oh my god! Oh, the trailer Meet is very Bo. of its time. <laughs> <laughs> Bo knows how to live, and most important of all, Bo knows how to love. I just want you to remember all the good times. That's every single second. But there's one small problem. Cotton thinks he's having a heart attack. Honey, I'm not people. I'm just. A ghost. And now, Bo knows ghosts can't do it. Starring Hollywood's <laughs> Ultimate Ten, Bo Derek, and two-time Oscar winner, Anthony Quinn. <laughs> what is happening in this fight? <laughs> what? Is Anthony Quinn okay oh, at this point? Oh, like, no. what, what are the life choices that led to this? It feels I like, oh, God. No. Is, is there a more elegant version of this movie? Like, this all seems so incredibly crass for, for the people in it. It, it seems like something Troma <sighs> would do. And <laughs> yeah, that ti- you're right. That title should be a Troma movie. Yeah, like, what? It's made for $6 <laughs> and it's funny. Yeah. No. Someone got a tropical vacation out of it. So, in that way, it's very Sandler esque. Oh. Well, good it's- for them. Bad. And yeah, the Donald Trump scene is pretty much the only part of it that is on YouTube if you want to watch uh, lascivious close-ups of uh, the president. Back when, you know, it didn't hurt to look at him because he wasn't so orangey, you know, 30 years ago. He hadn't stuck his head looked, in that cotton candy machine. Looked more like a person. Yeah. Oh, no, the, he still has pretty bad hair. It's just not as bad yet, but it's it's the, the weird makeup and the tanning. So that's mm. not there, so... Oh, anyway, but he's all pouty looking, and they're like licking their lips or talking to each other in close up. Uh, and, oh, oh, uh, ghosts can't do it, and neither can I now. <laughs> uh, well, uh, maybe they were all getting out of the way. Everybody got out of the way yeah. of the real greatest movie of the year. Truly, uh, I, I really deeply love this, and the best compliment I can give this movie, it's. It, has it not been difficult to watch our favorite entertainment and just you see shit like people hugging and shaking hands and just little shit uh-huh. like that and like fuck when are we gonna be able to, everything makes me think like when are we gonna be able to do that again or like will you ever be able to shoot that shit again will we ever be able to get back to normal I watched Total Recall and thought this world is so much different from the one we lived in before and live in now this is unbelievably relaxing. Nothing it in Total really Recall. Is. Nothing in Total Recall been, can be confused for the real world at any fucking time. It, not, it it's so wonderful and batshit insane. It's a it's a swan song to the one of the greatest f- Matt and uh, uh, miniature effects of of mainstream Hollywood while still embracing CG. It murders civilians for no reason. It's just oh, wonderful. So bloody. Uh, it's one. I think it's high. One of the highest body counts in movies. Every five, every every like five minutes, something astonishing happens. If you've never yes. seen this movie, you'll just, like something no other movie would do. And it stars Ronnie Cox, Michael Ironsides. I read this as Rachel Titcoin, but it's actually Dakota <laughs> and Dakotine, and uh, an early role of Sharon Stone um, and Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall. They stole his mind. They erased your identity and implanted a new one. Now, he wants it back. We can't let him run around. He knows too much. There! Get ready for the ride of your life. Please fasten your seatbelt. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Total Recall. Rated R. Starts. It's one of the greatest titles ever. It's just... 
Oh, the best Carl Coe had to offer. I love this I, fucking film. And for a movie that looks the way it does, mm-hmm. you're not really expecting the story to be as good and cohesive yeah. as it is. Yeah, it is you not know? bad. Like at the end, you know, you're you're kind of watching it feeling, okay, this is kind of like a like a theme park ride in a way. I'm just like going on these adventures. But then when you get to the end and you hear about the evil plan and everything that went into it, it this movie did not need to be that intricate yeah and there's it, a moment it is there's a moment in the middle of the movie where the doctor comes in like you're not actually on mars you're still in recall right you're having them that's how i think a modern version of this would end whereas this yeah. happens in the middle and then he just murders the doctor because <laughs> he sees him sweating i know it's just it's so great like ev- like this it's such so a good. clever movie it makes me like just appreciate paul verhoeven all over again i didn't yep. know until this viewing that it was written by dan o'bannon who wrote I'm, one of my favorites of the dead movies of all time, uh, Return of the Living Dead. Yep. And, and Alien, a bunch of other alien. stuff. I mean, I had no idea. This movie had been in development hell for a long yeah. time. And mm-hmm. they're the credited screenwriters, but a lot of people took cracks at it, uh, including David Cronenberg. He put in a lot of the stuff Ooh. that's in there about like the the colony of mutants on Mars and how they're like the oppressed underclass and stuff. That's a straight up Cronenberg, mm-hmm. baby. And I mean, it had been going on for so long that it's like Richard Dreyfus was going to star in it. William Hurt was going to star in it. <laughs> Get your ass you know? to Mars! Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. It's a sci-fi movie because it's based on a Philip K. Dick story, mm-hmm. so it's going to be a bit, a bit twisty and have some heady sci-fi ideas in it. You know, mainly kind of this Matrix idea of, oh, you can go get fake memories implanted and then you you feel like you had a cool vacation and you have these memories of this vacation, but you don't actually go, and then. This guy goes to get these fake memories implanted and something goes wrong because like maybe he had other memories that have been erased because he's some sort of secret agent. Or maybe that's what he asked them to implant in him. And this is all a hallucination. None of this is happening. So there's so much stuff going on. Plus, yeah, the underclass and the the evil corporation and the secret Martian civilization and everyone's double crossing each other. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is really surprising. I mean, I don't know if you would call it body horror, but there's certainly mm. images of it that feel like that. And I would venture to say that body horror is a theme that goes throughout all three decades. <laughs> mm. And the one, oh, that- yeah, when he has to take the giant tracking thing from out. Oh, this is my favorite. If you like Arnold robot heads as seen in Terminator, (laughs) you, there are some, the robot Arnold heads are so much better. Ah, 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 you can't breathe. It's, it's so good. Everything about this movie is good. Even the, he's got to have a basketball team's worth of like robot heads at his house right now (laughs) from all of his movies that he's had to have a robot head. And I don't know why, but even when he takes off the two weeks bomb head that looks like my mom, uh, there's another Arnold robot head under there for, that, for yep. one quick second. Did anybody yeah. else? And, and speaking of people who are disfigured, I never knew until this viewing because maybe I haven't seen it since Breaking Bad that that is Dean Norris and that mostly voiceless head folded over to the side. He has like a part, but really? with his forehead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is totally that is totally Hank uh, wow. from okay. Breaking Bad. Uh, he just doesn't talk that uh, much. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean. If I had one single complaint, it it is that Arnold Schwarzenegger as just some construction worker is wonderful, is pretty (laughs) silly. But, you know, the more I read about the making of it sounds like Arnold is the one who got onto this project and and 
shepherd it along. Yeah, where it's turn like, it around. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll come on board, but I want, you know, a- approval of the screenplay. I want approval of the director. And he brought in Verhoeven because he liked RoboCop so much. Wow. And wow. that makes it work. Because Verhoeven knows how to do action that mm-hmm. also has some sort of some, some sort of satirical bite to it. And it's mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. it's shot mostly in Mexico because that's the stuff I I really dug huh. into this time. Because yeah, they do a really good job at making a dystopian future. Because Mexico has areas like obviously that look like big cities, uh, but just aren't as big as New York City. That have a ton of lit up billboards, but you can. Wherever they got these futuristic cars, I am in love. I am in love with all their futuristic vehicles. This mm-hmm. this this movie predates CG and uses a ton of miniatures and like real little robot cars and devices. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> when I was watching it, I was really feeling like a this is like a perfect summer movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're really like getting some great summer movies now on 30 2010 and this is definitely one of them. And it was mm-hmm. also really reminding me so much of The Fifth Element. And mm-hmm. like you could probably watch those as a double feature almost because mm-hmm. I don't know, I feel like The Fifth Element like some of the visuals and and just the future, you know, what they th- think the future is going to look like, which is both technologically advanced but yet still your day-to-day still is just as boring and like, yeah you're, you're still is. forced to jackhammer in the middle of an already yeah. dug hole that is that yeah. is so like a hollywood's guy's vision of what a guy with a jackhammer does <laughs> <laughs> and arnold has just, did it again in running man <laughs> just, just jackhammering you know you know a hole that was dug really this. jackhammering a hole that was dug really quick by a bulldozer that's in the same shot like that's <laughs> that's what guys do. Yep, totally, <laughs> totally. Site. Yeah, this. I mean, I I feel like I'm pretty safe saying I think this is Schwarzenegger's best movie. It's at least his best hair. Uh, okay, that's true. <laughs> I, I totally agree. I, I was I was shocked just, to hear Diana before the show confirm my exact thought. Like other yeah, other than the baggage I, I have with Terminator, I would rather I'll take Total Recall over Terminator one, three through the end. Any fucking day of the week. Um, mm. Two, I might have a like a little issue, but like two's this, hard. Yeah, I would. Yeah, two, but this two's this great. is far I and think away. I take this over too, and I do I, love Terminator too. I think it might it could be a little better. I just like I wasn't infected with this movie when I was young. I remember this being kind of a bomb that even my friends didn't like. I didn't discover this until no. my, until my teens, and then I fell in love with it. Yeah, this is one no. of Sam's absolute favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I can believe it. This is one. A lot like watching RoboCop and Running Man mm-hmm. now, thirty years later. Like it's it's almost it's better now. Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, I, I hate to call it ahead of its time because it is a it is a bit ahead of its time. Yeah, it does not feel like an early '90s movie that much, but it just somehow works better removed from that time. Yeah, and, and, and something and- about looking back at this futuristic idea that makes it like more satirical somehow Yeah, even like the the corporate baddies who want to like who care far more about ravaging a planet than the people who live there is so cartoonishly and of a different world it's difficult to like it's difficult to even what do you call it like project modern problems onto it because the bad he just gets on tv in front of everybody like fuck you guys i'm cutting off your air enhanced production (laughs) like there's no there's no smiling lie through it all or Shitty mm-hmm. spokesman. It's just pure villainy, and I, yeah. I love. And then it. they cut over to Fox News, and they're talking about how well 
oxygen, it turns out it's very poisonous for some people. So maybe he's doing them a favor. <laughs> it's it, it's I have never had in, in, in my experience in this the couple months we've lived in, I've never felt this uh, movie was this much of a breath of fresh air. Haha. Mm. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it, 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 didn't, it didn't make me think about any of my problems or the world's problems. And that's yeah. for a, a movie that's post apocalyptic sci fi. I, I never thought I could say that about Total Recall because it clearly mm-hmm. has a point of view. <laughs> You've yeah. seen Paul Rove and stuff. I don't feel like it's post apocalyptic. That's part of why I like it. It's yeah. like, no, this is just society Sorry, you're, continued. You're, you're right. I, 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 they didn't say. I mean, it's dystopic. It's not great. <laughs> I, I forget whether in the original story or maybe something I impressed on it that Earth is in bad shape. We just don't see much of it mm. in Total Recall. Mm. And yeah, we, we spend most is, of our time on it, Mars. I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember that for certain. But I, that, in my head, that's what that's what was happening. Like Earth is yeah. pretty shitty too. Everything yeah. feels just underground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, even on Earth, it feels like you're in a subway station all the time, or like underground in some way. Mm-hmm. It still looks yeah, like. This- we don't – yeah, do they go outside like ever? They, I mean, where he's jackhammering outside, right? When he first gets yeah. to uh, – when he, yeah, like not uh, – after he gets to Mars, like almost there are no exterior shots of any kind. Right. Well, yeah. We're yeah, because you can't – yeah. But even on Earth. Yes. Yeah, like even what, on Earth, trying, it feels I'm like they're, to remember. It's they're like in buildings a lot. Yeah, if you, right, if you right. look closely, like a lot of that is like a, a, a newer Mexican airport. <laughs> huh. You can see it. And it's, it's, yeah, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. It's neat. And unfortunately, there was supposed to be a sequel, mm. and they kicked it around for, for quite a long time. Uh, how some of the mutants on Mars have the ability to see short-term into the future, and they use that to stop crimes. Does this sound familiar? Because, oh, yeah, it's another Philip K. Dick story. <laughs> they tried to retrofit into being really? a Total Recall sequel, and then they went back to it just being to- uh, a Philip K. Dick story, and it's Minority Report, and that movie's underrated. Oh, so that movie is totally underrated. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, fuck I- a big old would, cruise fan over here. Yeah. <laughs> I did I would say that this movie is a little bit hard to find. Like I wasn't able to find it streaming. It's um, I, I did, but it's you have to have sling and subscribe in your package to IFC. IFC uh, has, it okay. does intercut some commercials in, but it, it is uncut. That is the only well, way I found it streaming. Let me just say this then as another little plug. Mm-hmm. I was able to watch this because I got my DVD from my local library. Whoa! So hey. once again, I will always have oh. take an excuse to rent talk about the library. And yeah, just <laughs> so search I, I, for I, I, it. I, I, and our library is doing everything contactless. Like you just drive up in your car and they just put it in your trunk for you. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and a, a little a light plug slash shout out to all men like me in the mid 2000s where I believe – Forget who tweeted it. Said it was uh, required for all men in the early two thousands to spend two thirds of their money on DVDs. Total mm-hmm. Recall was a real cheap pickup for a great movie, and it came in an awful round Mars tin. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. It's just a circle that you can't put on any shelf because it'll fucking That's roll annoying. up. Uh, uh, but it is also, listen. if you remember, we did a laser time about the best movie commentaries. Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> yeah, holds was my question. He holds was that the one with the commentary. It is. He holds the record for the highest paid uh, amount, I believe, for anybody to fetch for watching their own movie. Seventy five thousand dollars. <laughs> More wow. than almost any, more than any of us make it a year. Arnold got to watch his own movie. Did he come packed with insights, telling you behind the scenes details and thought provoking things that inspired the film? It is literally just him watching and enjoying the film, and it, it, it <laughs> almost right. you were you heard, narrates it. 
No, he just tells you what's happening on screen. Look, look at, you, it look at me, and then I grab this guy. He, he's dead. He had, he had that coming. Uh, it, 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 it's it's just the I most frank. That, right. It's if you're if you're visually impaired, it's perfect. You, <laughs> it's the perfect way to watch Total Recall. If, uh, but look up that episode of Laser Time, the greatest DVD commentaries, because oh, man, that was a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, and a lost art in the streaming era. Mm-hmm. Total Recall, please, I cannot recommend this movie enough, especially right now. You can pick it up for a song physically, I believe. Uh, It's always been on the cheap side because I believe it is a Carlico movie uh, that went into business and it's been Mm -hmm. acquired and reacquired. So not unlike Terminator, uh, you can pick it up. There's a billion different DVD editions. You can pick it up for a song. Do so. I highly encourage. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm out of breath from talking about Total Recall. Well, take another deep breath because, guys, I'm so excited. It's mm. TV time, and we're talking about Seinfeld. Woo! Woo. Oh, because oh, the first real episode of Seinfeld is airing. The first, yeah, the first real episode of the first five episode season, mm-hmm. um, and it's entitled "The Stakeout." I have to say a formal thank you to Christopher for getting me the DVD box set of all the episodes of Seinfeld because you were not lying about the extras. So in preparation to talk about it today, I watched the episode and I was like, let's see what kind of extras they have. You can watch this episode with a pop-up video like Mm -hmm. caption that tells you like facts from behind the scenes and – a commentary with Jerry and Larry David. Nice. It, I was in heaven. Yeah, J- <laughs> it was Jerry, so much fun. Jerry Stiller died and, and popped up on YouTube like a forty-minute introspective interview on Frank Costanza. Like that, that thing, that set is so packed with well-produced bonus features. I am loving and it. They, they, and they yeah. end up on YouTube, and people end up with like millions of views, as if they were like movies you could digest individually and pay for individually no they're just free with seinfeld episodes go get that shit if you can yeah it's so wonderful again another thing that made me feel so good during a time where i don't feel good most of the time um because it just brought me back to it's so of its time as far Uh, as the 90s goes with like the fashion and all of that (laughs) and yet i I watched this episode through twice, and mm-hmm. both times I laughed out loud yeah. at various jokes. It's Seinfeld. It's we are on fucking good. We, it's just amazing. We're not actively sitting down and watching it, but in this house, we are on our second all the way playthrough of Seinfeld on Hulu. It's it, it's, it's since the quarantine started. So, like, if, if instead of putting on music or the radio or the news, we just have Seinfeld running all the time. What and could be better? It's it's not bad. I mean, it's a this, junior mint. I, it, we just walk around doing lines with it, but I don't want to be a pirate. It's, it's me and my lady right now all day long. I can't wait. Yeah, so this is the episode called The Stakeout where uh, Elaine and Jerry have very recently broken up. So this episode establishes a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's the first wow. time um, we really find out about Jerry and Elaine having had dated in the past. Mm-hmm. And it appears from the way they talk in this episode that they had kind of recently stopped dating but are now just friends and so he goes with her to a dinner party for one of her friends and meets a an alluring young woman who he starts talking to but doesn't get her name but does get the name of where she works so then he and george do a stakeout in the lobby to hope to run into her to get a date and so i pulled a clip of them in the lobby of the uh 
the law firm where she works, trying to establish maybe a backstory of why they're there. And it's just so fun because this is the second real episode of the show and it establishes so many running <laughs> jokes throughout the entire run of the series. It's just wonderful. Well, so anyways, go ahead. If I see her, what do I say that I'm doing here in the building? You came to see me. I work in the building. What do you do? I'm an architect. <laughs> You're an architect? I'm not. <laughs> I don't see architecture coming from you. I suppose you could be an architect. <laughs> I never said that I was the architect. Just something else. Right, so she's not even going to ask. If we see her, which is remote. Well, what do you want me to say? I just wandered in here? We're having lunch with a friend. He works in the building. What is his name? Bert Harbinson. Bert Harbinson. Bert Harbinson. Right. It sounds made up. Okay. All right. Um, art. Wow. Core. Art core. Valet. Core valet? Yeah. Right. What does he do? He's an importer. Oh. Just imports? No exports? He's an importer-exporter, okay? That's <laughs> fucking crazy. I, I must not have seen this in our run-through, but that, that establishes like three, four long-running things that are, ma- yeah. are made of. That George always wants to be an architect and nobody thinks that he could pass as an architect. This is where we get Art Vandelay. So at the very last minute when they're talking to the young woman, he changes it to Art Vandelay instead of art core delay delay. (laughs) and then importing (laughs) Importing, exporting as a job that someone has (laughs) this is so great i mean i guess i do the same things but with mp3s Uh. (laughs) (laughs) um and it's just the so of course this situation was based on a real situation that larry david larry david had where Mm -hmm. he had to go stake out a woman that he wanted to see because he accompanied an ex-girlfriend to a dinner party and (laughs) It's like when you hear this, you're like, of course, now that we know him so well from Curb Your Enthusiasm, it just makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and also one of my favorite lines that really like sets up the core of the show and then mm-hmm. also really speaks to how formative it was to me as a child was <laughs> Elaine's trying to convince uh, Jerry or Jerry's trying to convince Elaine to go with him to a wedding, a family wedding, and she doesn't want to. And so he just says, there will be a lot of people to mock which is a, th- a line of reasoning that I use many times in my life to get Sam or my sister to do something with me <laughs> that we can make fun of the people there. I don't know. Oh, so it's I've... so good. We nice. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Wonderful. I can't recommend it enough. And just guess what, guys? You're going to be hearing a lot of Seinfeld talk. Not really. Oh, it's going to have four that... more episodes, and then we won't well, talk about it for a year. That's true. But but to think they went from. Art Cordelay to Art Vandelay, and now he's got Vandelay Industries mm-hmm. that George has worked at yeah. repeatedly. I know. <laughs> I know. Wow. Oh. He's really, really come far. This is also – that whole part was also tied with – for me as far as, like, what I wanted to play because at one point also Kramer is helping Jerry's mom play Scrabble and has her put down the word quone. which gets challenged and he's like of course you know to quone someone (laughs) like in counter-strike i've done that Uh, and then he he says you need a medical dictionary for it it's just so (laughs) it's so perfect 
Um, also out uh, on TV is the Tonys, but I don't know what any of this is, so you guys are going to have to navigate what's what's special about the Tonys this year. All right. I actually just saw a clip from this Tonys. Yeah. I did Ooh. not know it was the Tonys because people are complaining that, you know, the, the Tonys aren't going to air. They're going to do like a sing-along Grease and mm. all the... All the super Broadway nerds got mad because, first of all, Grace did not win any Tonys, mm-hmm. and there are way better shows. And shouldn't way she better. just like run old clips of these performances? Because when something's performed at the Tonys, that's like the only time the rest of us schmucks ever get to right. see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. So, um, one was a clip from Grand Hotel, starring best performance by a featured actor in a musical, Michael Jeter, who most of us probably know from The Green Mile, I guess. The Sesame Street. Oh. Yeah, the ah, red-haired yes. guy who's got the little mouse. Yeah, Mr. Green Jeans. He, he has no bones. His <laughs> dancing is amazing. Oh, wow. He has no bones. His legs are going everywhere. I'm pretty sure they turn backwards and forwards. There's no knees involved. It's a great performance. Just look up. Yeah, Michael Jeter, Grand Hotel. It's on YouTube. It is so fucking good. I had no idea he could sing and dance. Awesome. Poor guy. R.I.P. Poor guy. AIDS? Losing the AIDS? Yeah, Maybe yeah, we did. Mm. Um, um, but uh, best play was Grapes of Wrath. I think that's the one with Gary Sinise as the lead, so I'm sure that was lovely. Mm-hmm. Best musical, City of Angels, uh, which is written by Larry Gelbart. Uh, he won for best book. Goo Goo Dolls did the uh, soundtrack. I remember. Oh, <laughs> damn. Best performance by a lead actor in a play, uh, Robert Morse as true in Truman Capote. Uh, Robert Morse is the old dude from Mad mm-hmm. Men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, up against T- Charles S. Dutton, Dustin Hoffman, and Tom Hulse in the original run of A Few Good Men. Wow. Nice. Wow. That's oh, and it was also the year of uh, Kathleen Turner and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Nice. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bunch of other stuff. Things. Things. Plays. Tony's. Tyne Daly is Gypsy. She ended up or no, I was going to say she re- did that on TV, but no, that was Bette Midler. Anyway, yeah, Gypsy, Sweeney Todd. I did not know that there was a version of Sweeney Todd starring Bob Gunton. That, as Sweeney Todd, that is, you don't know the name, but he's a hey, it's that guy because mm-hmm. he's the warden in Shawshank Redemption. Oh, um, oh, that yes, guy. that guy. That guy. That guy. I did not know he could sing and dance either. So, yay. Tony's. Right. Tony's, baby. Yeah, sing along, sing along Grease is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> hell no. Nobody wants to see that. I yeah. hate Greece. Let's celebrate Anyways. the 30th anniversary of Maggie Smith and Lettuce and Lovage. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is, but I, I like it. I don't either. Uh, we also <laughs> have the, on TV a great, another great title, Total Recall. You've you got to fight this out. Total Recall for best title, Revealing Evidence, colon, Stalking the Honolulu Strangler. I wonder what this movie's about. Yeah. And, <laughs> but it's, well... Mm. We got to talk about because it's got my um, Hollywood husband Stanley Tucci, Tucci in it, and Tucci is loose. The Tucci is loose, and Mary Page Keller, and it is based on a true story of Hawaii's first serial killer who strangled five women in the Ooh. mid mid eighties and was never caught. Whoa! Mm. Yeah, probably probably part. swam to another island. Like I just <laughs> couldn't find. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You think. <laughs> It, I mean, of all places where you could have a pretty strong perimeter and no one's getting out. Yeah. Hawaii. <laughs> well, like maybe I, that explains Lost. Yeah. And Jurassic mm-hmm. Park. They're filmed there, too. Uh, you, can, yep. you can get away with a lot out there. It feels like to me, anyway. Um, you can yeah, get but <laughs> my point is, it's hard to, like, there's one international airport. There's one mm-hmm. decent airport. You shut that down. Where, where are you going to go? How are you going to leave? Well, you, you can't sneak off. You can't go to the bus station in the middle of the night. Where are you going? Other side of the island? 
It takes two hours to drive there. You can take a dip and and just swim to like any little atoll with, with, that's filled with tropical fruits. I've never been to Hawaii, but it, uh, to me, it's like what every cartoon who's deserted on a desert island and eats coconuts. Mm. I've always wanted to go there. Uh, let Everyone me know should go traveling. to Hawaii at least once. It's amazing. Yeah. Not yeah. just for because it's beautiful, but because it has a totally different culture and should honestly probably be its own country. Mm. Yeah. I think yeah. That's probably true. Yeah. It's, it's kind of the perfect place to visit as a tourist because Hawaiian culture for centuries is based on like being nice to visitors. <laughs> I know. And so you go and everyone's so nice to you. That's why I saw it. I saw it first and only time in a 51st dates. It's as close as I've been to Hawaii. Mm. Uh, very nice. And to like Adam maybe Sandler. every now and then someone will call you a howlay, but that's okay. You just smile and wave. And uh, video games out this week. Video game, I should say. Uh, I look into more of the video games for the deeper dive into 302010s video games for the video game apocalypse boys every month. Patreon.com slash laser time. This game I remember getting with one of our computers, and I couldn't install it because they forgot to ship the fifth of seven floppy disks. Ultima, ah, ult, Ultima 6, the, the false prophet. <laughs> yeah, what are you going to do when you have six, six disks to install? Um, and wow. that, was, that was pretty normal. And music this week, Vogue by Madonna, as we talked about last week, is still number one. We also have some new releases, uh, Hell to Pay by the Jeff Healy Band. Bloodletting by Concrete Blonde, Pod by The Breeders, one of uh, Kurt Cobain's favorite albums, and uh, uh, Gold Mother by James. I saw early on in the draft of our doc mm. that you were thinking about playing Joey by Concrete Blonde, which I love so much that I actually went out and rebought their uh, that album on iTunes so that I could listen oh. to it again. Because yeah. Well. I was going to play Sit Down by James, but we can totally do Joey by Concrete Blonde. I love Joey. All right. I look forward to discovering whatever that is. It's, it's pretty good. I actually I started listening to Pod by the Breeders, which is mm. not what I expected hearing. Oh, Kurt Cobain loved it. It was super influential on him. It's kind of like the Pixies. Mm. It's yeah. not what I was expecting at all. But it reminds I- me a lot of the Pixies. Um, Joey is the song that's featured heavily as a plot point in Young Adult, no? Yes. I don't remember, but I believe you. I think that's the song that she plays all the time, which is how I learned that I loved it. Okay. Well, let's close out with Joey by Concrete Blonde. We get back, people. Stay right there because 2000 is, and I hate to curse, a real humdinger. Stay right there. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. The line that is said in this season that I say to uh, every day, sometimes without provocation... It's the it's 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 not I don't I can't call it the best Eddie Murphy line ever just like the cutest thing I've ever heard on the baking championship sketch when he makes the Sonic the Hedgehog cake and out comes a lump of chocolate with real teeth and <laughs> this why is why is it not blue and it just I love I Eddie Murphy's last line in this God Mitch 
Yeah, it's bad. It's gross. It's real bad. <laughs> what went wrong? Uh, I think I just made a lot of bad choices. I don't mean with the cake. I mean, like, in general, in my life, I just made lots of choices, bad choices in my life. And why is it brown, Mitch? I don't know. Why is anything brown? <laughs> <laughs> I say it. It's my favorite line of the entire season. Yeah. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Coming in with he's simple, he's dumb, he's the pilot by granddaddy off of the software slump. Those are all words I have not encountered before. And I, I hope you granddaddy fans out there are happy. Um, welcome to 2000, everyone, May 29th through the 4th. Uh, we've got some other new releases for you, like Brand New World by Iron Maiden, Fears and Mirrors by Bright Eyes, uh, Dwight Yoakam Acoustic.net. <laughs> Dwight Yoakam. I checked. Wow. I checked. That URL is available. Oh, Ooh. my God. That is a shameless album title, Dwight Yoakam. Good Lord. Uh, Mermaid Avenue, Volume 2 by Billy Bragg and Wilco. Billy Bragg and Wilco? Yeah. They're they're doing a thing together? Yeah. It's pretty good. But I'm sorry. I cannot let this stand. It's actually Fevers and Mirrors by Bright Eyes. And it's so good. That album is awesome and has my favorite song. Um, I think by Bright Eyes, Calendar Hung Itself. And, uh, but, ooh, Halai Halai, Alai Halai is also really good. It's just like, this is one of my favorite albums. I can't it's say so that I good. love them, but they always had a leg up for having a Planet of the Apes reference as their name. So. I yeah. absolutely love Bright Eyes, pretty much everything that they've come out with. Um, shocking development in, in the news at uh what? Shocking development at a journalism seminar in San Jose. Diana, you got to have more, more information. We go to Diana. Uh, <laughs> the information is Maria Maria by Santana still never was. Oh goddamn it! <laughs> goddamn it! Oh, no, to skip it. no. The uh, the shocking development at a journalism se- seminar in San Jose is I met my husband. <gasps> I knew it. I knew what? it. Yep, twenty years twenty years ago this week. I met my husband. Wow. Aww. Speaking of love, love. James Cameron marries Susie Amos, and they're still together. Yeah, that's, that's probably, a record for him. Yeah, that's, has he not directed any more women in his movies again? What happened? <laughs> and it, it, Maybe they have like a Mike Pence rule. <laughs> He's just not allowed to direct women alone. Whatever, mother. Uh, you can bring Sigourney into Avatar and no one else. Zoe Saldana <laughs> has to say in a room. She's uh, grandmothered in. <laughs> and Mission Impossible 2 is number one at the box office, but as far as the movies or movie... Of, from this period to 29th of May through June 4th. Oh, my goodness. Terrence Howard, fucking Paul Giamatti, Nia yeah. Long, and Martin Lawrence in Big Mama's House. Martin Lawrence is going undercover. Don't say nothing, nada. Is that right? Deep undercover. Big Mama! Oh, This summer. You're too fat to be falling in. Ow. Look at you now. It ain't over. Sings. I don't think Big Mama likes surprise parties. Surprise. Big Mama's house. Oh, boy. Big Mama's house. 
<sighs> so, Antista, I think we were social distancing, hanging mm. out the other night mm. when you got to hear my husband say, what? Who ordered Big Mama's house because he got the receipt from me renting it in his email on Amazon? So I thought that I had kept that a secret, and I just watched it like after he had fallen asleep, but I forgot about those pesky receipts. He's going to be so um, mad he missed it. And let me just say this about Big Mama's house. Mm-hmm. Is this movie dreadful and terrible? Yes. Did I enjoy parts of it? Also, yes. Well, good mm-hmm. good news. It does eventually become a trilogy, so you have so much more to go. I mean, I think I'm good on the, the journey of Big Mama. I think that's that for me. But did I have a little chuckle watching uh, Martin Lawrence as Big Mama beat up Anthony Anderson using karate? I did. <laughs> did Paul Giamatti's um, exacerbate, uh, exacer- exasperated face at all times make me happy? It did. So there you go. Why mm. is this cop making me so horny? <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine if you just said Paul Giamatti in it, and I think I've seen it, so this isn't the case. He doesn't fall in love with Martin Lawrence in Big Mama's outfit. No, he doesn't. No. Okay. Normally that would have been the case. Um, no, and- he's he's the guy who's helping him yeah. go undercover. Mm-hmm. He's like he's his cop, prosthetics guy. Yeah, he's like helps yeah. him with the prosthetics and stuff. And do you want to know what the story of Big Mama's house is? Oh boy! Yes, <laughs> yes, I do. Well, executives saw uh, the clumps and they thought we could do that too. We could do it. We have a black guy. We can put him in a fat suit. Yeah, we have a funny <laughs> black guy, and all we want to do is put him in a woman's clothes. What do we do? This is the only thing we know how to do with comedy because it's always worked for years and years. Mm, mm. Uh, undercover cop. Yes. Yeah, that, am I correct? Much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nia Long is. Uh, an old girlfriend of Terrence Howard who has just gotten released from jail for robbing a bank and they think she might have the money from the bank robbery. And so when she goes on the lamb to her big mama's house, uh, Martin Lawrence and Paul Giamatti go undercover in the next door. And when big mama goes out of town, Martin Lawrence just slips right in there. I also have to say, she I mean, doesn't notice that her, Grandmother question mark is a different person. Yeah. Well, facial prost. Oh well. Also, she had, they're like long lost grandchildren. Uh, okay. It's her grandma, and she hadn't seen her since she was a little girl. So okay, that- that's how they explain it. There are right. some not great uh, implications regarding consent. Um, <laughs> no, as as this is going on, Martin Lawrence is falling in love with Nia Long no. and. There are some parts of it that really uh, I didn't love watching regarding, you know, them cuddling up in bed together with him as Big Mama. And mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not great. It's not Comedy. Great. Yeah. Comedy. And uh, I did not yep. go see this, but I it's this is so weird. Uh this is some, one of the last television events I remember everybody talking about. I didn't grow up in a land of sports fans as we move into TV. I didn't. I didn't grow up with a, a lot of sports fans friends or in those circles. But dude, the first season of Survivor penetrated pretty oh. much everybody. Oh yeah. I listened to it on the radio while I delivered Chinese food. So I wow. some people I don't even know what they look like, but I know they're. I know they built their camp in a stream. You dummies, uh, but <laughs> in a dry stream. <laughs> But this, I think we can still remember names from this first season. You can remember who won. If not for Breaking Bad, it would be 
this survivor would be the most famous pop culture thing associated with the Pontiac Aztec as you won <laughs> you won a million dollars and a stupid looking car. <laughs> Made it to the end of Survivor. But Survivor debuts on CBS and I think this this is what kicked off the network reality show craze. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Which then in turn kicked off the cable reality show craze. That we had mm-hmm. the real world and shit like cops, but no one had done anything like this, which is just Kind of, yeah, we're intentionally putting people into a pot and then slowly boiling the water. <laughs> we will manipulate them. We will cause pressure. We will make this much worse. So I am someone who has watched a lot of reality television in my day, and I am not a snob about it. I like a lot of reality TV out there, especially competition-y type shows. Um, I've never seen a single episode of Survivor, actually. It just kind of missed the boat for me, and then by the time I was like, I don't know, interested in reality television, it just didn't seem super interesting to me. Um, I have seen other shows that I don't think would exist without Survivor, such as Naked and Afraid, which is very entertaining. (laughs) And also Sam and I are burning through seasons of old seasons of The Challenge, which is the real, what used to be known as the Real World Road Rules Challenge, but now it's just called Mm. The Challenge. And I, I mean, Survivor is definitely, I think, a predecessor to the challenge and yeah i don't think we'd have a lot mm-hmm. of reality tv if the survivor hadn't survived all these years and i i mean it's still going strong right like mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah it just, yep. i don't think they, i don't think they do it two times a year like they used to gotcha mm-hmm. because survivor a survivor had had its 20th season like like 12 years ago yeah uh, but it, 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 it was a reality show but it was a uh, it was made it looked expensive and mm-hmm. that that I don't think had happened before with the craneages yeah. and the and the set dressings. And True. it's got, I mean, and it's a competition mm-hmm. with a real prize. Mm-hmm. It's got it's a fucking million dollars, man. Mm-hmm. That's that, that went that's to... a real prize and that ugly car. But it's not like yeah, real world road rules yeah, challenge. It... Where, what was your prize? I don't know, a bikini. Mm-hmm. It has had forty seasons, yeah. four zero. Yeah. Wow, yeah, it's big. And I, I just, it's so weird. I, I, I walked into, I went into a restaurant the other day and I, I saw an old guy walked out of the back of the kitchen and he looked at me and I looked at him and like, and we just kept going. And my girl's like, what was that about? And like, I don't know. Oh, I think I worked for him. Like where? I'm like here. Oh my God. Like I am just, I am so <laughs> out of it. Like I worked here. I for, totally forgot about that. And that was my old boss. And, and, and when I think about Survivor, it's about making sandwiches and everybody at the sandwich making station talking about what happened on Survivor the, oh. yesterday in a, in a world before social media and a lot of other streaming options. Man, people were really into this fucking show. Yeah. Yep. Oh, For sure. I, I didn't even think about it. Yeah, it was before social media yeah. and before a lot of people had the internet at home. So I worked at a newspaper at this point. So when the finale ran on the East Coast – we knew who won three hours, well, two hours ahead of mm-hmm. the West Coast thing. So I spoiled it for my roommates. <laughs> I wow. asked them if they wanted to know, and they said yes. So I told oh, okay. them. I okay. mean, they all had you a were 50... like a dick about it. <laughs> no, I wasn't, I wasn't running around. You know, Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> but yeah. And I mean, now that's just impossible. Like, yeah, you're going to know the second it happens anywhere. Yeah. You know, the East Coast broadcast. Yeah, we're going to find out. But I, it was neat at the time. I am obsessed with trying to find someone that I can talk to who is a producer on a reality show like this because I've got to know, like, 
what are the releases that look like that you're making people sign? Like, how do you get insurance for a show like this where you're taking like, you know, civilians basically, and you don't really know exactly. Like, I mean, I'm sure they do like physicals and some. No, I, I remember checks, having to read about that because they they were abandoned in the woods, but they very quickly learned like, yeah, we have to have on-site doctors and like we, yeah. people can't be allowed to run out of water, which they did. So, so there had to be people mm. around to like make sure they didn't, didn't die. Even though that would have been, I'd probably still be watching. You uh-huh. kill a couple of cast members. <laughs> it works on, it works on scripted shows. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Survivor. Yeah. Someone was going to die every season. Richard every Hatch. Season. Richard Hatch. Is he the winner? Yep. Yep. I, I, yep. st- I still remember that. And I wish I could erase Race it for my brain, make room for something else, but it's still there. Notorious mm-hmm. jerk, right? Apparently. Like he was kind of the villain of the show and then ended up mm. being the winner somehow, I believe. That was the yep. story. Okay. Yep. Then they got him for tax evasion. That's Oops. right. Yep. Yeah. But it's weird that we have two shows debuting against each other. One that's done like 40 seasons still going and one that went six whole episodes. <laughs> this- and I prefer the six whole episodes show. Yeah. Uh, it's weird that this is I feel like this show is more beloved in a lot of circles than the movie it's based on, which I think is stupid. Yeah. But but they're yeah. they're they're separate entities, but if you were buying DVDs a bunch in the eighties, there wasn't or in the in the two thousands there wasn't a lot to buy. So I know a ton of people you wanted to get a complete series, this was a pretty easy and cheap fix. You'll remember this. <laughs> Uh, uh, the, now I know what I should have my my little thing at the beginning of the show. I shouldn't have done a stupid total recall thing. I should have yelled, "Bear is driving car." How can this be? <laughs> yes, the bear driving the car, the wonderful last Starfighter parody that turns into a Raiders parody. I just I I've watched these episodes, these six episodes, over and over again. But man, did they get the shittiest deal of all time? Kevin this Smith. This is Clerks the animated series, but Kevin Smith had a ton of options. <laughs> he can't even say the name. They had a ton of he had a ton of options. They 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 I think they made several TV live action pilots for Clerks. Mm-hmm. But like Kevin Smith was a little more of a known entity at this point. Like Dogma is out. So he's probably never going to be more popular than he is right now. And I think he said UPN gave us a 20 seat 20 episode full season order, but ABC gave us more money and way more people to potentially watch on ABC and they fucked this up. Roy, I can't imagine mm. how or why they did this. So it's not uncommon for, for studio for network execs to like air episodes out of order. But the second episode of clerks is making fun of clip shows because it only has one previous episode to flash back on. <laughs> so they flash back several times to the first episode in the second episode. They didn't yep. play the second episode. There's the first episode. Mm. They just skipped to the second, meaning somebody thought that was funnier, but like didn't understand how humor works that you had to have seen the first episode <laughs> for any of these jokes to make it. When I remember my friends like, dude, it was weird. And like, why? And like, they just kept <laughs> doing this thing where they jumped back to them climbing a building. It, it, my friends who wanted to love it, it was lost on them when this aired. It, and it's such mm. a cruel thing to do to a show you poured millions of dollars into. What is wrong with network television? So glad they're dying. And I don't know. I, I, I can't remember. Does this show hold up very well? I haven't seen it in a long time. It holds up pretty well. Like, you you can see it's it's going somewhere. You know, they if, if it had 
gotten to a couple more episodes, I, I think it would have found its feet better. I mean, there's a lot of really good jokes. A lot of the episodes don't hold together themselves, but individual jokes and bits will do real well. Like, I mean, first of all, some of the casting is awesome. Charles Barkley shows up as himself a couple times. Um, Patrick Swayze is one of their neighbors, but he's voiced by Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> and Alec Baldwin yeah. is finally becoming Alec Baldwin that yeah. we know by pretty much doing an Alan Rickman impersonation. Leonardo, Leonardo. As, as, as the, the town villain. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm so glad they didn't do a live action clerk show because that's too fucking easy. Mm-hmm. When it's animated, anything can happen. Yep. So it's more fun. Yeah. So yeah, they can steal a monkey and teach it to smoke or go on an adventure. And then towards the end of the episode, they run out of budget and the Korean animators <laughs> <laughs> write the ending. And then that's, it becomes a, a bunch of gibberish. And is it also and, that the same episode with like uh, how to write a cartoon show, how, how to write a bad cartoon show by Seth MacFarlane. They're reading from that book. while trying to make the episode. I never seen <laughs> another cartoon, take a stab at another cartoon like that before. That was pretty interesting. And yep. The show did eventually say the F word. I don't, <laughs> for, uh, and I just don't know which episodes aired because I think like two or three of the six never saw the light of day until the DVD came out years later. But yeah, I was super bummed by this because I really, really did like this. But there wasn't a lot of animated programming on the air and I just don't know anymore. Every time I see these character models, I get sort of annoyed. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why. Because I still love Clerks. Well. I think Clerks is great. I don't know. Is the character models look like bad flash animation from like every bad web series yeah, a little bit. that there was for about 10 years. Yeah, they look like they're yeah. made of fill buckets instead of people. And and yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Clerks is out but, though. Yeah. Like I said, it's only six episodes, man. It's yeah. not exactly a huge investment of your time. No, not even slightly. Uh, so, and also yeah. out this week is uh, the Tony Awards. What? The, hosted by Rosie O'Donnell with special guest Nathan Lane. Isn't mm-hmm. why is he more special than all the other people who don't normally star in the Tonys? What I don't what did he do? Uh just have a long and storied career in musical theater. I suppose. I suppose. I yeah. I, I bet the person the other people who perform songs at the Tonys thought their appearance was special too. That's all I'm saying. I'm mm. I'm championing this. I'm well, I'm glad you found a cause to support. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> special guest Nathan Lee mm. yeah but uh, not a lot of stuff I recognize here I mean it looks like there was a bit of a controversy because Ooh, I saw Contact that. won best musical but it is dancing with no singing and not a lot of dialogue and it uses pre-recorded songs what? so is it really a musical if they're not singing and dancing they're just dancing controversial yeah. Oh no! I was kind of hoping it would be a musical version of Contact, yeah. the novel yeah. and movie. I would totally be all about that. Said it sounds like a, a like a hundred dollar ticket to see American Bandstand. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. Never heard of Copenhagen or the real thing. Yeah. Nope. Uh, Kiss Me Cake Revival. Looks like. Uh, oh, uh, Aida, the um, Dalton John. Tim Rice, Saida. Looks like that one a whole bunch oh, of stuff. And look at this. Bo- both Phil Cy Hoffman and John John Riley in True West nominated for co-nominations. Stephen Delane won for Best Performance uh, as a Leading Actor in a Play. Stannis Baratheon. Mm. Yay. Wow. That's who he is. Yeah, and I spotted uh, Roy Dutrice won, too. He's the guy who read most of the, the 
Game of Thrones audiobooks, and I love oh. them. And then he died, and I don't know if they ever have any more books. It's not going to be the same. Hmm. He did like 240 characters, man. Wow. There's so many fucking characters. He had to do so wow. many voices. Oh. Hmm. Um, okay. Anyway, so that's for a certain kind of uh, giant dork, the Tonys. And there's another thing for giant dorks. Mm-hmm. MTV yeah. Movie Awards. Yeah. The Possibly the dumbest award show that's ever been. Perhaps. I always did kind of love their when they got really into their opening scenes, mm-hmm. um, especially with the host. And I thought mm-hmm. it was this year that we got the really great Tom Cruise um, by way of Ben Stiller opening, like Mission oh, Impossible right. 2 opening. Yeah. But that's apparently next year. In this one, so it's hosted by Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. And because this is really, you know, Sex and the City is really hitting its peak as far as being a cool thing that people know about. It's not really at its peak of its powers yet, but um, so she's hosting and one of the biggest movies of last year was the matrix. So mm-hmm. it kind of mash it up into a little sex in the city in the matrix. And it's, it's, it's quite amusing. I pulled a little clip for you. Ooh, I want to hear it. So you him? No, I agreed to go with him to this club called the matrix. But first we went back to his place for a glass of wine. And then you, can you please let Carrie tell the story? Neo assured me that his roommate was away on business. Apparently, business wasn't too good. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. Dude, what are you doing here? Didn't you see the sock on the door? Hey, who's the third wheel? I am Morpheus. I am Carrie. Is that actually Lawrence Fishburne in in the sketch? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Fallon playing... Keanu Reeves in an impression I now find boring. Yes, <laughs> but he will get in trouble for that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, our episode of Laser Time this week is weirdest moments, and I just I very politely left out Jimmy Fallon and Daryl Hammond's blackface. Because, uh, nice. Know, Billy Crystal. <laughs> let's just let's focus channel it all on Billy Crystal. He's almost gone. Uh, <laughs> video, oh. video games of two thousand. Uh, Ground Control is out for PC. Don't know much about it, but we'll dig more into those in the. The video game show, the video game apocalypse, boys. Uh, let's close out with The Wicker Man by Iron Maiden, a wonderful band. I'm assuming the song is based on the wonderful movie, The Wicker Man. Uh, it's some of that, but mostly it's just their uh, their mascots like chasing a dude around. It's kind of funny. <laughs> let's close out with that, but stay right there, people. You got to get through 2010 before you can't before you stop listening to the show. Seriously. Dancing in the sun, the Hello, fellow nerf herders. Did you not like Last Jedi, Rise of the Skywalker, or would you just prefer a majority of Star Wars fans take a slow walk into a volcano? What I'm saying is, are you sick of Star Wars? Well, I thought I was, but my co-host Jeremy and Adam beg to differ. Except when they don't. Get ready for a whole lot of love, a whole lot of hate, and a whole lot of geeky therapy in our new series, Sick of Star Wars, with a big giant question mark, exclusively available at patreon.com slash laser time. Here's a little taste. My clunky. I think Obi-Wan's pretty solid character. I mean, he's my favorite character in the, in the trilogy by far. I, and I've seen def- I've seen defenses of it because, like, Obi-Wan is boring in Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And yeah. When he's whiny. He's, he's boring annoying. and whiny because yeah. he's a young... He's a, he's a borderline youngling, dude. He's, he's a yeah, youngling. And in the second movie, 
Anakin's the same way. I went to I looked up a weird thing, and I'm sorry I did it, and I have to mention it. I went to look up <laughs> movies about Hitler to watch a movie about what is essentially a monster. I think go to a rabbit, dude. <laughs> has it's been kind of a pat idea for anyone to make a movie about Hitler's Hitler from like a kid to dictator. Yeah, that's been done once. From what I can find, a really? miniseries with Robert Carlyle hmm. from Train Spotting. Everything else, almost everything, focuses on like his last days or like well, him, yeah. him as a struggling well, artist. That, and that's because they, you know, people are afraid to try to humanize that person. That's exactly why I think it is, and that's why yeah. that's why I think this movie flip flops so much because Obi Wan should have been the main character. It should have been clear that Obi Wan is the main character, but yeah. the reality is Anakin is because he has the most going on. He's got uh, he's got goals. Obi Wan doesn't. He has other people in his life. Obi Wan doesn't. Mm-hmm. He has desires. Obi Wan doesn't. Oh, that's sick of Star Wars. Available exclusively at patreoncom time along with weekly bonus shows, over a hundred movie commentaries, exclusive bonus podcasts, and more for just five bucks. And that's in addition to the brand new show, Sick of Star Wars, an angst-ridden podcast saga told in nine parts. Listen long and prosper. This is so wizarding. Internet and all the ships at sea. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of May 29th through June 4th, uh, uh, well, there's a lot of westerns that sound like they could also be gay porns uh, from 1945, 75 years ago this week. So I'm going to skip Santa Fe Saddlemates and Bad Men of the Border and move ahead five years to 70 years ago this week, 1950. We've got really good gritty crime drama called The Asphalt Jungle, which, first of all, that title, uh, it's directed by John Huston. it stars Sterling Hayden, Gene Hagen, uh, James Whitmore, and Marilyn Monroe in one of her very first roles. It is, I mean, I guess it might technically be a film noir, but really it's, it's a heist job, it's a caper movie with lots of double-crossing and no trust in each other and square-jawed men punching each other and it's just gritty as hell and really fun and kind of like Total Recall where it's like it takes place in a world so very different from our own that it'll kind of distract you from how you're feeling about things in general that yeah I'll recommend it just for that just it'll transport you to a grittier crime ridden world for a couple hours uh so yeah that's that's kind of my only recommendation for this week Asphalt Jungle 1950 that's it stay classic Coming in 2010 with Not Myself Tonight by Christina Aguilera off Bionic Aguilera. Is that okay if I say it like that? Uh, I'm very American today. I don't know. It's... I thought this was Lady Gaga. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, like, if you hear this song, you might be walking into a drag show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, that is coming on the heels of other new releases. Tried and True by Clay Aiken. Also, I, maybe a drag show. Oh, maybe. I like mm. to call him Clayton. 
Uh, no one. Okay, Skeletons <laughs> by Hawthorne Heights and To the Sea by Jack Johnson. OMG by Usher featuring Will I Am is still number one this week. Welcome to 2010, everyone. May 29th through June 4th. Shrek Forever After is still number one at the box office. And I, I don't know why that makes me angry, but it does. I just, well, I mean, I guess I'll prefer that to a lot of the other stuff here. This might be the the weirdest segment. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I guarantee it's the weirdest segment we're going to have. There's some for strange a while. stuff on here because for sure. We have big Hollywood movies that are, if you average them out, not good. And all these like little indie movies that are like all weird and different and everything, that are like all really good. Yeah. Like, like so, Ondine? Ondine? Ondine, uh, which is an Irish movie wherein Colin Farrell finds a Selkie, which is a, a legend I love so much because it's it like combines all my favorite things. It's like an Irish mermaid who's who can also be a seal. Ooh. Wow. Yeah, what what a what a shitty excuse to have sex with a seal. I thought she was a mermaid. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's the legend. It's, it's almost like being a wear seal, where like you're a seal, but then sometimes you're a pretty woman. <laughs> oh goodness! And and like that's it's the dream, honestly. Yeah, all the reviews were like, uh, it's sweet, and you know they filmed it in these really lovely locations in Ireland, out just in the middle of nowhere. It's got Stephen Fry and or not Stephen Fry, Stephen Ray. The and, performance uh, of Kiss from a Rose will bring you to your knees. Wrong seal. <laughs> I, I, I apologize. <laughs> Yeah, and I feel bad that I haven't watched it, but it, it sounds like a nice little, like a f- kind of a fairy tale yeah. mm-hmm. that's different and will transport me to somewhere pretty for a couple hours. So I'm on board with Ondine. Yeah, not like we can. That's something we can do for a while. Uh, yeah, spe- I want to go to Ireland yeah, and meet been... seals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the special relationship with Michael Sheen, Dennis Quaid, and Hope Davis. Uh, ah, what a title! It's <laughs> it's it's the third of the um. Michael Sheen is Tony Blair movies. Ah, yeah. Yes. This is the rounding out the trilogy, and this time we've got Dennis Quaid as Bill Clinton and Hope Davis fucking killing it as Hillary. Really? She is so good. I want to elect her. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, all these are really fun. The special relationship, uh, the Queen and the Deal are the three movies. Uh, same writer, same director. Michael Sheen playing uh, Tony Blair, and like they're all like interesting and fun and this one in particular is just kind of i don't know like you get you feel like you get to know these guys and all their faults and flaws because you know bill clinton's got a couple flaws just a few has dennis quay played both w and bill clinton technically sort of i think he played a w type in uh that american idol hugh grant movie oh yeah oh okay about that maybe that's what i was Mm -hmm. thinking of yep but yeah, I mean, those these all showed on HBO here in the States and, and they're a lot of fun because Michael Sheen is the bomb. Mm, truly. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Love him. And moving on. More foreign movies, but a different kind of foreign movie. Yeah, I went out of my way to, I think, see this in a theater. I was sort of bored by it, but it got yeah. great. Well, it just, it, I think if, I thought I was seeing like one of the best gangster movies of our era. I'm like, this is not, this is not a Scorsese movie. Um, no. it's not even no. like, but it's, a, it's, I don't know what Australian organized crime looks like. And, and, and I also didn't know it, it was kind of matriarchal and, and, <laughs> in and, this case? Yeah, yeah, in this case, and, uh, Ben Mendelsohn, Guy Pierce, James Frenchville, Jackie Weaver, and Joel Edgerton in Animal Kingdom. What do you think we should do? Two police officers were shot dead. Tell me where you were last night. Oh! 
you know the girl? What's her address? Maybe you should start taking your pills again. What's the address? So tense. Uh, yeah, it it sucks that like every trailer I could find, they just keep interrupting scenes from the movie with mm-hmm. tons and tons of praise. Because mm-hmm. yeah, Animal Kingdom got tons of praise. Quentin Tarantino said it was his favorite movie of this year. Yeah, that probably yeah. sent me to it. That's a compliment I will listen to. Uh, yeah, so it is about this crime family and family in the literal sense, headed mm-hmm. by Jackie Weaver, who is awesome. I am just always thrown by Ben Mendelsohn using his real accent. I'm yeah. so used to him not. <laughs> yeah. Guy Pierce a bit too, and Joel Edgerton. Like mm-hmm. I, I forget. Oh, true, all, all of these. them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah, he's so yeah, great. He's he is so great all, right. all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Outsider on HBO. He was so good. I have not seen that. It's it, it. He kept me watching Netflix's Bloodlines. A great cast on a boring show. And mm. beautifully shot. I like that show quite a bit, Ugh, actually. So unmemorable. And, uh, yeah, it was kind so, of boring, but I still liked it. <laughs> so yeah, so it's um, about his family gets uh, all wrapped up in crime, and there's, I mean, police corruption, and corrupt cops are targeting them or working with them, and who, who can you trust? And then there's you know some payback for things that go wrong, and this younger guy keeps getting deeper and deeper in with this deeply toxic crime family. Ooh. And now it's a show that's gone four seasons, yeah. which is also supposed to be really good. Yeah, the show. What show? What channel is it on? I'm so confused. T- TBS, right, or TNT? Is it? I want to say yes. Yeah. I don't know. Do they keep the yeah. Australian nature of it? No. I didn't no, so. it's in like South Cal- Southern California, I think. Oh, yeah, ballsy. but it's starring starring Ellen Barkin, and I love Ellen Barkin too. Yeah. So, too. yeah, Animal Kingdom. Uh, definitely recommend. I, I just. I do enjoy anytime there is sort of an American style genre taking place in a different location where it's like you can see the similarities between mm-hmm. people, but it's also more Australian, mm-hmm. but also not mm-hmm. It's like there's guns, but also that's not quite the same as if it took place in Texas. Sure. <laughs> if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, solid, solid drama. Uh, anyway, and- I was too much of a wimp to watch the next movie. I... Well, I was a little bit late to recording today because I was finishing up the f- last few minutes of it. And wow, wow, wee wow is what I have to say about the next <laughs> film, Splice. Yeah. Splice. I know the reviews were great. Yeah. Really? And for an Adrian Brody film? For a Canadian Adrian Brody film. Oh, it's very Canadian. Like anyone who's not the Adrian Brody or Sarah Polly, like they're like, oh, sorry. Like you can just tell. <laughs> Yeah. The fucking McKinsey brothers are wandering through the lab <laughs> while they're like doing genetic tampering and creating a monster lady thing. Okay, sure. This movie is bananas and I loved it, question mark. <laughs> <laughs> like it was it's so gross, first of all. So let's just put it that way. Um, mm-hmm. It's about these two scientists who are married, who are like genetic engineers, and they're working in a lab for a pharmaceutical company to like create new like hybrid creatures that they can use for drug development. And however, they secretly take it a step further and splice some genetic material from some an animal. I'm not sure. I kind of. Can't remember what animal or how they what they started with, but with a human human mm. DNA, 
And then this creature kind of starts to just grow and grow and grow and grow. And then it kind of starts to be humanoid. And so they kind of adopt this as their child. And then it gets really out of control and wild. And, of course, this animal, this creature is dangerous but also sweet and has very human features. And it's very confusing. What do we do with this creation that we made Hmm. that we have throth on the world. I don't think that's the expression. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. I loved it, honestly. Really? It was like one of those movies. It's like as I was watching, it, I was like, is am I enjoying this? <laughs> and I'm at the very end, I was like, you know what? Yes, yes, I was. Uh can I hear a little bit of the, the tray tray? You can go to jail for this. Human cloning is illegal. This won't be human. Not entirely. Coming out. It's not due for months. We set loose a new species in the world. Splice. Did she yell splice? Splice! Is that the name of the character? <laughs> I think she yelled Y. Okay. Oh. Or Mike. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know all the reviews were great saying like it's all about this, you know, the medical ethics and, and what is human and what isn't and should we tamper in God's domain <laughs> and while also being, yeah, creepy as hell. I'm like it's very strange. I am all- kind of a wimp and I'm not going to. Okay. That's fine. I'm scared. I understand. I, I mean, want to, look, guys. But I can't. I watched a lot of stuff for this week. Mm. I did the Big Mama's House thing. I did Splice. I watched a lot of other movies that we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but this is probably my favorite, most enjoyable experience after Total Recall, of course. Wow. But um, I, I really liked Splice quite a bit. And I bet, I was saying before we start recording, I bet there are going to be some people who come out of the woodwork for mm. and go to bat for this one as well because it is – Real crazy. It's just a bananas movie, and it's kind of funny, and it's super gross. I also want to warn because I always like. I would like to get this warning: mm-hmm. a cat does die no. towards oh. the end of the movie, oh. and Kitty. it's not. It's not. It's not great. I will give this warning. Speaking of cats, uh, there's something really uncomfortable about to happen. If you you guys are on camera and can see me, I'm looking up at the ceiling. Two of the cats that don't mm-hmm. get along are staring at one another. So if you hear any interference, remember I told you it was bound to happen. <laughs> I, don't, mm. I hope they don't fall under the microphone. So, uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Are they playing King of the Mountain? Yes, yes, yeah. on an overturned uh-oh. couch. Yeah. D- giant stare down. That's fair. You always hear my neighbor barking, my neighbor dog's barking, or my dog barking. It'll be the things you th- kitty rumble. It'll be the things you think of when we're all through this thing. Remember when they had all these, there are fucking pets on every podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and uh, are we done with Splice? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah. recommend for me. That's, I mean, awesome. it's definitely pretty gross, but it's a real fun ride. I thought. I didn't think Adrian Brody would ever be in a good movie ever again. He's kind of like whenever I see he's in it, I'm like, ooh, this is not. Gonna he's be not good. really a mark of quality, Mm-mm. that's for sure. But yeah, he's good. He's very good. Mm. And I mean, I like Sarah Pauly. I feel like I only know her from Go, though, and I know yeah. she did uh, what's supposed to be a very good documentary about her family but other than that i'm not sure Dawn of the dead in baron munchausen mm-hmm. oh right right yeah. yeah she's a little girl that's right yeah so here we go into the hollywood movies and after <laughs> undine special relationship animal kingdom and splice which all have like 90 percent on rotten tomatoes dude 
I let's ro- talk oh. about Marmaduke. Now I put like the whole fucking cast in here because I want to point at all of them and be what? no. I no. thought I was the biggest Marmaduke fan in the world, and by that I mean not very much, even slightly. I did write my local paper as a little kid asking, could you put Marmaduke in the comic section? The fact that Hollywood said yes to a question like like similar to that is baffling. My local newspaper said, fuck off, Marmaduke sucks. They didn't say that. Why did Hollywood feel differently? This is the stupidest looking movie I have ever seen in my life. And the cast here, what the fuck? Were they owing favors? <laughs> what is going on? <sighs> David I, Williams, Damon Wayans Jr., Marlon Wayans, Stacey Ferguson, George Lopez, William H. Macy, Steve Coogan, Lee Pace, Judy Greer, Sam Elliott, Christopher Mintzplas, uh, uh, McLovin, and uh, Kiefer Sutherland, Emma Stone, and Owen Wilson. In Marmaduke has three characters in it! What is going on? <laughs> I mean, we got a lot of voice acting, which I guess that's Oh, do all the easy. animals talk? There's talking animals, oh. yeah. <laughs> Don't get too excited, because uh, we do have a... Uh, oh. Marmaduke. It's exactly what you think it's going to be. Freedom! He was a dog who couldn't fit in. Marmaduke! I really could use a hug right now. But now, we're moving to California. He'll find it's okay to stand out. Time to bring my A-game. Don't stop me. Owen Wilson. George Lopez. Hey, let me out of here. I'm not an animal. I am. Marmaduke. Yuck. I hate this so much, so much. God damn. Is it fully, I, I didn't get a chance to see the trailer. Is it fully animated? No, no, it's live okay. action, uh, no, air gotcha. quotes. But a lot of, dan- yes, that there was a couple dozen animals dancing to, to what is it, TikTok? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just an app I don't understand yet. Marmaduke <laughs> is out, and it's it's kind of the last one of these for a while. I, I don't, mm-hmm. I think they kind of like, let the comic strip adaptation go because the nostalgia for that man. I'm worried about newspapers and, <laughs> and artists right now. I don't know. I don't know how they make it through. Uh, but I don't know if any kid under is anybody under 20 aware what Mar- Marmaduke is. Why would they even no. know? God no. Why would they even? I loved it. I seeing the movie. It was just disappointing. Like the dog is much bigger than that. That's why it's so funny. The dog is massive. It's a. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think, I'm sure there's plenty of kids, they don't know it's a comic strip. They just know, it's talking doggy. He's not a talking dog. Fine, Fine. put Uh, put babies in front of it. Who cares? (laughs) Who cares? Why are you spending money on this? Why why are we as a people doing this to ourselves? Why are you making us talk about this? This is so ridiculous. I've done the work for Marmaduke uh, more than any, most of the people in the the world. Marmaduke, fuck me. What's Killers about? (laughs) Mm. Oh, Killers has like a cute idea that he is going to be super by the numbers. Uh, Ashton Kutcher and Katherine Heigl are mm-hmm. a couple, and it turns out he is actually an assassin. <sighs> in this wacky, schmackety thing. Ew, it's a comedy? Yep. Yeah. Oh, man, I was hoping this would be like Ashton Kutcher's gritty turn that I didn't care about 10 years ago. But no. And Martin Mull and Kathleen O'Hara are in it. What? Yeah. They're great. There's something I should probably tell you. I can't believe I married a spy. I can't believe you said that line. When you find out your husband's a secret agent, don't get alarmed. We got weapons, money, passports. Ooh, I'm Swedish. Get armed. Stop it! Stop. It's not shooting. Oh, God. 
Wow, really good. Bravo. I need to steal a car. That would be the least awful thing we do all day. How is Ashton Kutcher still a thing? So I watched this. Uh Oh, oh God. You did. Yeah, I figured I'd give it a shot. And it's honestly not quite as bad as I thought it was going to be, mainly because a lot of the supporting actors are awesome. Like a lot of people that we love, including Catherine O'Hara, Martin Mull, Alex Borstein, Rob Riggle, Casey Wilson, hmm, are all really fun in it. Usher's in it, who's kind of fun, like in his role. And, um, but yeah, of course, it's very by the numbers. You didn't get a chuckle out of me the entire time, but <laughs> I did enjoy, like, so the story is basically Ashton Kutcher is like an assassin, a spy, and hangs up his spy badge. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> and <laughs> gets out of the business after he marries Catherine Heigl. And then all of a sudden gets sucked back in. And then appear- the best part of the whole conceit is that he finds out that there's been a hit out put out on him. And all of their, like, boring, white bread, lame neighbors turn out they're all assassins. And they're all trying to kill him. And they've all been planted there as, like, a cell, basically, to, like, contain him. And so you get to see Alex Borstein, like, try to murder Ashton Kutcher. That's pretty fun. And also, I Casey Wilson is one of my favorite comedic actresses of all time, basically. And she's so good in this. She's good in everything. She absolutely elevates everything she does. And um, so, yeah, I wouldn't say that this is a recommend, but it certainly is not as bad as it could have been. Mm. Okay. All right. All right. I did not expect that Well, at all. I'm glad one of us did it <laughs> because I was just like, uh. Yeah. I don't want to. I mean, it's like a, it's a folding laundry movie. I watched ah. it Saturday morning <laughs> while Sam was sleeping in and oh. drinking coffee and doing laundry. I don't know if I could ever replace reruns of The Office for laundry folding. Interesting. Well, then, so Killers then has a lot in common with our next movie where the supporting cast are the best thing about it and steal it from the stars. A hundred percent agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. A movie I did not know was a sequel, but it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this. The sequel to Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Get Him to the Greek. Yes, right? It's Because uh, it's got the, well, sa- the same character. But it's not it's the same. sort of a sequel, though. But, I mean, like, Jonah Hill was... is in Forgetting Sarah Marshall as yeah. the... as a different guy. Maitre d'. So, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's a That's spin-off. That's his twin brother. Maybe. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, spin-off. Yeah. Sure. See, it seemed like the Apatow factory was very much in love with Russell Brand uh, after that experience. Well, yeah, and he's, he's really, really fun in forgetting sarah marshall and he's he's pretty fun here honestly and get him to the greek i feel like the first half of the movie is really good and then it kind of starts to fall apart for me but uh you want to hear some trailer yes yeah oh this is the slipperiest most conniving mother on the face of the earth i want you to go to london to pick him up no, we really should get going if we're going to catch that flight. Just change it to the next one. Change it to the next one. Yeah! Change it to the next one. Well, have you ever drunk absinthe fly from the 1900s? No. Why is Moby whipping us? <laughs> 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 the plane! That flight of Vegas left yet? Two first-class tickets? No. Yeah. <laughs> Silliness. I, yep. I, why have been, I've been so afraid to watch this, and I don't know why. Because I really love Forgetting Sarah Marshall. I like yeah. it. I like this movie. I, I liked it. There were parts of it I was loving it. And then it was just, I don't know, plot-wise, I guess it fell apart. I mean, part of it was 
they they were heavily inspired by one of my favorite movies of all time, which is my favorite year with Peter O'Toole. Mm-hmm. It's the same idea of out of control celebrity, the nebbish who's in charge of watching him mm-hmm. and keeping him out of trouble. And it's hard to go wrong with, with that concept. I mean, sure. there's just a lot you can do. I feel like they almost didn't do enough, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's still, it's very funny. It is really gross sometimes, mm-hmm. <laughs> like graphic and gross. Really, though, the movie is stolen so hard by both Sean Combs and Rose Byrne mm-hmm. in supporting Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne is one of the funniest people ever. Anytime she pops up in something funny, like Spy, yeah. she yeah. steals Spy oh, from yeah. Melissa McCarthy. And Spy was super underrated and is actually really funny. Agree, agree. But it was not marketed properly. But I'm, like, I, I'm always wary when absolutely stunning gorgeous people are funny because i'm like Mm -hmm. you can't really be funny you didn't have to be funny Mm -hmm. because you're gorgeous you don't have to be funny and it's like damn it why are you so talented it should be illegal we call it the john ham law you cannot be Mm -hmm. gorgeous and funny at the same time it's just fucking rude she is so freaking funny as like his, his pop star girlfriend who helped get him sober and now decides that he's boring and she starts drinking and doing drugs again and demands that he does too. And that's what sets him off on, on this, on this journey of uh, being a fucked up rock star. Yeah. So I absolutely love all of the, the supporting characters and, and stuff. Russell Brand though is playing. I feel like this movie is saying some things about addiction, but doesn't really know what it's trying to say about addiction Hmm. because he does. I mean, there is some addiction talk in it because he plays an addict and who gets sober, then relapses and is kind of going off the rails. And then at the very end, he kind of has a revelation, but not really. And mm. so you're just not really sure where that leaves him, like in the concept of sobriety. It's just like that seemed really muddy to me. Like, what mm. what are we really trying to say here? And why didn't we just kind of leave that alone if we weren't going to have a clear message mm. about the nature of addiction? Like, yeah. Where it's like, you don't want him to get sober at the end because then he's not funny anymore? That's right. kind of fucked up. Uh, right. I don't know. I mean, there's a, plenty of super mean stuff with, with yeah, Puffy's a um, record executive who is – deeply exploitative to everyone he's just like yeah keep feeding him drugs no let him do whatever the fuck he wants as long as he shows up on time to to the greek theater to do the show mm-hmm. i don't care people the rock stars aren't people yeah keep feeding him drugs whatever and yeah i mean that's one of one of the scenes i like the most was yeah a scene where uh <laughs> where jonah hill just tries to take all the drink and drugs for him of like well if i just smoke this whole spliff then there won't be any for him and so i He'll be fine. And so he's just constantly getting himself super, super fucked up so that there's none left for Russell Brand. Like, mm-hmm. okay, that that was pretty fun. I mean, yeah, I got a whole bunch of really solid laughs. But yeah, somewhere around halfway, it just sort of loses its way a little bit. I could see that. I mean, my, my biggest laugh, my favorite part of it was um, towards the beginning when – P. Diddy uh, is having a meeting with all the record company, like people who work for him. And I mean, mm-hmm. this is like the Judd Apatow thing. It's like Aziz Ansari, Nick Kroll, Ellie Kemper, Jake Johnson, they're all in this room. And it's very funny. Like it get it just, you know, all of them playing off each other and P. Diddy being so mean to all of them. I really yeah. enjoyed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I 
guess, a light recommend for me, just because when I did laugh, I laughed really hard. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I love Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It's like one mm-hmm. of my favorite summertime movies. I watch it every summer. Um, and I was super excited. I think I took myself by myself on a solo bolo date to go see this in the theater. And I remember walking out feeling like, man, I just didn't get quite the same like perfect summer comedy feeling that I got from Sarah, forgetting Sarah Marshall. So mm-hmm. I was a little bit like, mm. but I still really on second watch, you know, this weekend, I really enjoyed it quite a bit. Yep. And it's on Netflix. It's there's a lot worse to, ways to, to spend your time. That's for damn sure. True. So yeah. Again, or the Greek, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's, I can think of a worse okay. way to spend your time. Yeah, watching ten, I mean, watching ten years a, of Deal or No Deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I. God, Deal or No Deal was one of those things where it's like I, it's massively popular by the time I hear about it, and I'm like, why does everyone know about this? I never heard of this shit. Then I watch them like, huh. it started out uh, twenty or ten years ago. Deal or No Deal says goodbye, um, for now. And then, sorry, I was looking into like it's came back this last year. To air on CNBC, mm-hmm. but it's it's not like well, a it's the same version of the show with Howie Mandel, and it's just as big. And like, what the fuck is CNBC again? I'm confused <laughs> because this the game show is sort of a joke because like it's 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 an elaborate game of just flipping a fucking coin. Yeah, pick a yeah. thing. Up, oh, there's nothing in that thing. Pick another thing. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. sorry, we got to say goodbye. You didn't pick the right thing. There is there. There's no way to gamify this at all. Like, <laughs> no, there's the one way they gamified it was oh, I forget the the shadowy figure who offers the money where it's like, right. yeah, well, I mean, you're on track to win a hundred thousand dollars, but you might lose it all, or you mm-hmm. can take fifty right now and walk. Mm-hmm. Which right. is like, okay, yeah, that guy basically does some. He's he's probably just... some sort of mathematics guy who understands basic game theory yeah. to offer them just enough money that it might be worth their while, but they have to think about it. It's, it seems like gambling addict the ga- the game show, and yeah. I, I think I think being watching it and being a fan of it might not even constitute being alive. So I'm you just, know, I'm just it is gambling addict the game show, yes. and that explains why I watched it so much with one of my exes. I see. <laughs> <laughs> it is all becoming clear now that it would just be on. I'd be like, I guess we're gonna watch this and is there, is really there a, enjoy it. A writer strike happening now? Why are why deal or no deal mm. and then the script spelling bee is shown on primetime on ABC? Yeah, I mean, I don't wow. know. There is nothing going on this week. I, wow. I tried my best. <laughs> no, and, and then there's the Eurovision Song Contest. Germany's Adina, uh They win with Satellite. Did well, I, don't you want to know what the winning word was on the script? I do. Me? Yeah, I want to know what it means. It, it, well, the word is Stromer. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Stromer. And it is a medical instrument designed in 1867 to measure the strength of flow of blood in major arteries and veins. How would a kid fucking know that? Why would they do th- Are these kids? Yes. Okay. <laughs> There's no adult spelling bee. Thank Christ. Yeah. Uh, Children. The Eurovision Song Contest. Germany, Lena, went. Diana, did you see the new trailer for Will Ferrell's Eurovision Song Contest? I did because a bunch of our listeners were like, oh, my God, I just learned what Eurovision Song Contest is like last week because of 302010. And now there's a freaking Will Ferrell movie about it. He, really? He, I didn't that know he, that. That he wrote. The, 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 the trailer, by the way, is just a music video for the Icelandic band that the movie is about. That is about them writing, an, writing a Eurovision Song Contest song. Eurovision yeah. Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga, Volcano Man. <laughs> That's the full title. <laughs> 
Uh, Eurovision, uh, Germany's Lena, they win with Satellite. That sounds like this. This won something? What? Ooh, yeah, I kind of like it. I mean, it's fun, but it's like yeah. If you if you don't if we best. didn't have all the single ladies, that would be fine. It's got Ooh, the, it, it, burn! Yeah. It is. It is time to talk about the video games, and that would mean Sims Three amb- ambitions. I almost read the Amphibians Alpha <laughs> Protocol. Expect more talk on that on the bonus show. Siphon Filter, Logan Shadow, Tech Mobile Throwback Hits, PSN. We talked about that on the previous month show for 360. You can get. Vector Man on Windows. We also have Snoopy Flying Ace, a unbelievably good flying game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah, I'm gonna cut it off there. And a free to play FIFA game online that that shouldn't hmm. be exploitative at all. And that about wraps up the show. You can check out more at LaserTimePodcast.com. You can support the show along with Laser Time, which this week is all about SNL, uh, SNL weird moments, and we have a show with Diana about the weird history of song parodies with oh, our buddy yeah. Dan Amrick. Who's promoting so his new fun. Hero Falls project? And check out more of that the, uh, next Monday. And Video Game Apocalypse, support that by patreon.com slash Adertime, just like Justin Allen did. What a great guy. And what a bunch of other great people at patreon.com slash Time. That's why they're getting a bunch of extra stuff in the coming weeks. Like, oh my God, I, my head is swimming as I prepare episode four of Sick of Star Wars. Uh, Sick of Star Wars episode three should be out by the time you hear this. Thank you guys so much for listening. Consider supporting us. It goes a long way and uh, keeping us up to date with equipment and enthusiastic about the show. So thank you guys so much for your support during these weird-ass times. Uh, Di, yeah. where, where can people find you before we find out who died and who lived this week? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at ListenNerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or follow the show at 302010podcast, 302010podcast, where I think I'm going to go back to start teasing what's coming up now that we're Ooh. in the summer and we got all big summer movies. We got some good ones. I know next week we are going to talk a lot about theme parks. Yeah, I think that was a... Uh, oh, I can't wait. Uh, it's it's yeah, a bummer you that... You two are going to talk a lot about theme parks, and I'm going to sit back and judge we are. Orlando as a city. <laughs> the worst city. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, no, not the worst. Uh, what, is it worst Florida city in Orlando? Yeah, Tampa. I, yeah, Tampa's pretty, pretty awful it's and has no Tampa. theme parks. I'm sorry, Tampa. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I f- forgot where we were with the plugs. No, I just want to hear who be dead. Well, this week we lost in 1990. We lost Rex Harrison, who is 82. Oh, no. People probably best know him from uh, My Fair Lady. Um, he, he was a vicious anti-Semite, so he can go fuck himself. Oh, uh, oh no. <laughs> I, only, I only found that was, out. Was he Dr. Doolittle? Uh, he was Dr. Doolittle, oh. yeah. Reading a book, uh, Pictures at a Revolution by Mark Harris, one of my favorite books about filmmaking that's about the best picture nominees in 1967, including Dr. Doolittle mm-hmm. and finding out he and his wife were such drunks that Richard Burton wrote about them in his diary about how embarrassed he was that they were such <laughs> horrible drunks. Oh my God. That is some gold star achievements. <laughs> I, I think he's the vocal basis for Stewie on family guy. Yeah, actually he is. What's, what's Seth MacFarlane said? Huh? Yeah, I, I can believe that the mm-hmm. very clipped sort of way of speaking. Mm-hmm. Then in 2000, oh, sad because we lost Tito Puente. He was 77. Senior Burr. Senor Burr. <laughs> it's only I Tito Puente song I know. I know. Most people know. Uh, the younger folks know Senor Burns. But go back and listen to his actual music. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, yeah. 
It's great. And then in 2010, uh, the mixed blessing of losing Dennis Hopper, he was 74 mm-hmm. because yeah. he's an important person and a talented person, but also like Rex Harrison, kind of terrible person. A train wreck <laughs> of a human being. And it's, I think yeah. he, he, like he, like a day before he died, he was like, can we please hurry up my divorce? I don't want this bitch to have anything. He's divorcing his <laughs> wife on her, on his deathbed. <laughs> That's oh what God. I remember reading. <laughs> Dennis Hopper is a fascinating man. I, I, I like to best remember him uh, as his character in Blue Velvet, but not as that character, as being that person all the time. Screaming mm. and huffing oxygen and demanding Pabst Blue Ribbon. <laughs> oh. uh, so now that we know who died, you want to hear whose birthday it is? Yes. Oh, birthday is a doodly doo, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong doo. Oh, birthday. Big birthday this week for birthday quiz. We have someone turning ninety, yep. and he is still with us. Knock on wood. Okay. Right. Sean Connery. Fair guess, but uh, damn no. it, I, I was scared you got it then. I know that would have been scary. No, I would have like gone and picked another one. I'd be like, no, <laughs> no, you you can't just shot in the dark. Like it's not fair. A shot in the dark up top, just to see. You know? You never know. All right. Okay, born May 31st, 1930 in San Francisco. He weighed 11 and a half pounds at birth. Fatty Arbuckle? He's not still with us. He's a big boy. Uh, He was a terrible student. He was drafted into uh, the Korean War, which he spent it at Fort Ord as a lifeguard. So, not What a gig. (laughs) Does he get regular military pay for that? That's awesome. I would want to work at the pool. Um, he was also a passenger on a bomber flight that ran out of fuel and crashed off the Marin coast. And he and the pilot had to swim two miles to shore in a life raft. Anyway, while he was at Fort Ord, he was discovered by a film crew in 1954 and got signed just on his looks because he could not act for shit. <sighs> Even he said that. No. Everyone said that. He sucked. It's not Rondo Hatton. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> it's, uh... You bitch, it is Clint Eastwood. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Since then, he has been nominated for 11 Oscars as actor, director, producer. He won four. And the movies of his we have talked about are <gasps> Bird, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, Absolute Power, True Crime, Heartbreak Ridge, The Deadpool, Pink Cadillac, Changeling, Invictus, Gran Torino, Flags of Our Fathers, and Letters from Iwo Jima. Like, four of those are great. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the guy has to make a movie a movie every year. They're not all going to be good. He, he's, this is true. He's honest with us about it. This, this is true. But... Come on, uh, Changeling, Invictus, Legendary Wajima. Yeah, those are fucking great. Yeah, and I'll, Reno, I'll, I'll pretty give, damn good. I'll give a shout out to the Mule. Like it's, it was. Yeah, I, I saw the I, plane. I thought it was like this is ridiculous. I cannot stop watching this. He's gonna have another threesome. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. That's the only thing I know about that oh movie my god. is that he had a uh, more than one threesome. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he is. A fascinating guy because mm-hmm. he has done everything everywhere mm-hmm. and he's lucked into well, the whole first half of his career is him just lucking into shit yeah, and I, the rest of it started to become hard work and actual perseverance I always think but he story, is 90 and still going so those stories are really Talk silly quick. of like i was discovered by a casting agent but if you can imagine seeing clint eastwood in the wild as a young man in a military fatigue like i gotta mm. have that guy in something let's like, like write something yeah. around him yeah, exactly. They just started throwing him on Western TV shows, just like at random, practically. What, he, he's a guy who looks constantly pissed and sort of handsome at, back then. And yeah. w- of course you want this guy. Oh. And that yeah. is about it for then, us, people. 
There you go. Rest of history. Yeah, go go watch the Man with No Name trilogy. Go, you guys. Fuck yes, and uh, go check out Total Recall. That is still my biggest recommend of this entire episode. Fuck that movie's yeah. fun, and uh, it's just like it's a future so far fetched from what we can ever have at this point. It it might as well occur in an alternate universe. You, you don't think in sixty four years that's how things are going to be? No, it's and I don't. Twenty eighty four. Oh wow! Is it twenty eighty four? Huh. I could probably go on record. I'm not. I won't be around then. To be made a fool of, but uh, see, what else? I'll give you my answer next week. So check us out there. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We're gonna close out with "Ring Around" from Get Him yes. the Greek. So, like, <laughs> like uh, we were saying, one of the, so good. the best things about uh, "Get Him to the Greek" is uh, th- there's a whole bunch of songs, and there's some pretty good songs. But Rose Byrne's super pop star character has these really obviously suggestive songs, and "Ring Around" is the best, and it's got. A, a great ending that I don't want to spoil, but it's very boopy doop boop boop sex. <laughs> but yeah, the songs are pretty solid, and I yeah, this one I kept thinking about this one for days. So yeah, let's go with that. Alright, thank you guys so much. We will see you guys next week. One, two, three, four. It's just like.